Hey, all right, get Buzz, come on up, come on up. Buzz! What does the Eighth Amendment say? Freedom from cruel and unusual punishment. It is freedom from cruel and unusual punishment. Thank you. You can sit down. Yes. So tonight we're going to talk about cruel and unusual punishment. Oh, wait. All right. So there we go. Look. Hey, guys, give it up for Caleb and cruel and unusual. Yeah. All right. Please to let you know that technically what my father did to me growing up is breaking many, many, many rules. Okay. I'll show you. There's a next slide because there is a man guilty of both. Can we see his picture? My dad. And you guys wonder why I'm the way I am. All right. So here's, here's, here's my dad. And these are things that I'm having to start thinking about as I'm about to be a dad myself is, okay, this idea of discipline, this idea of punishment, this idea, how, how do I execute that in a, in a right way, in a godly way, in a Christ-like way, in a way that's not going to cause Hank to really get mad at me and, and, and resent me for my entire life? How do I do that? Well, I do know how not to do it, and it is like how my dad did it, okay? Um, real quick, if, you're, if you ever, as growing up, got these things called whoopings, anybody? Yes. Can I tell you, I'm gonna, I'm, let's be honest for just a little bit, okay? This is not about my dad. This is actually about my grandfather. If you've ever gotten a whooping from a grandparent, it scars you for life. It's like, you're my hero. Um, and and there, you guys will find this hard to believe. As a child, I was very rambunctious, and I got in trouble a lot. And there was one time that uh, he, uh, he took a meter stick, because it was the closest thing, and I, I got whooped with a meter stick, a fly swatter, switches, belts, you know, you name it, it, it was there. But anyways, so my dad executed psychological torture on me as a kid. And I'm going to tell you a story. I don't tell a lot of stories about my dad. So there was one time in school, I had a spelling test. And I, you guys, I don't spell real good. I don't talk with my words real right and everything. And so here I am, I'm really excited. Uh, I studied really hard for the spelling test. I tried, I, I gave it my best. I'm kind of like echoey up here. Is that? Yeah. I gave it my best. I, I gave it 110% coach. And I, was, I came home from school after the spelling test, and I did what any kid does. I, I poured me a big old bowl of Apple Jacks, and I went downstairs to watch Blue's Clues. And, you know, to learn how to solve, you know, mysteries and crimes and stuff. It's great. And, and my dad gets a call, and he says, oh, hey, Miss Tab. Miss Tab was the principal at my school. I didn't think nothing of it, okay? And so here I am, I'm watching Blue's Clues, my dad talking on the phone for a while, not really a big deal. And my dad comes in, and he turns the TV off. He steps in front of the TV, crosses his arms, looks down at me, he says, son, I just got off the phone with Miss Tab. I mean, why? that's cool, like neat, all right, that's great. You want to tell me what happened at school today? I did nothing wrong. For the first time in my entire life at school, I did nothing wrong. Uh, genuinely, I was, a, I was a golden child that day. And I'm thinking, and I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. He, and I said, like, Dad, I didn't do anything wrong. That's not what she told me. What's going on? So now I'm like hyperventilating. I'm really worried. Like, okay, what secret crime? Like, how was I framed that I'm going to wind up in Guantanamo for my life for this egregious crime committed by the six-year-old? What's going to happen? And, I'm say, I'm, and so in my mind, I'm processing, I'm processing, I'm processing. So I come up with, in my... In my six-year-old estimation, 
the cheapest crime that I could have gotten away with. And that was, it also had to be believable, and that was that I got in trouble for talking. It was, it was a lie. I didn't get in trouble for talking. Nothing happened. I said, okay, I got in trouble for talking. He goes, okay. Miss Tab called and told me that you got 100 on your spelling test. I'm really proud of you, but let's talk about why you got in trouble for talking today. <laughs> and now I've confessed to a crime that I haven't done, and that is how I've become the person that I am. It's happened to myself more often than not. And so I say all this to say, like, there's times, and you know, for some of you, you might have gotten in trouble for something that somebody else did. You might have gotten in trouble. But, but this whole idea of, okay, like, there's punishments for actions, there, there, there's things that, that cause us to, to there, I'm sorry, there's, there's, there's crimes and there's punishments that we have to pay for the things that we do that are wrong. You know, there's order, there's rules, there's, there's, there's systems in place that sometimes when we break them, okay, there, there's, there's punishments and there's difficulties that come along the way. Okay, if you rob a bank, you're going to get in trouble for it. If you talk back to your parents, you're going to get in trouble for it. There's, there's going to be a, a, a penalty for everything that we do. And so today we're going to talk about this guy named Peter. And, and Peter has a lifetime full of really awesome moments. Peter also, he, Peter has a lifetime full of really awesome moments like passing a spelling test in first grade. Peter also has a lifetime of really, really bad moments and really bonehead decisions. So if I gave you an envelope, come on up. Stand up here. Let's go one over here through eight on this side. And, and we're going to kind of walk through the life of Peter here for just a little bit, okay? So if you come on up, one over here, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all the way on the end. You guys can go ahead, open up your envelopes. And we're going to play a little game called Good Peter or Bad Peter, okay? So how this works is, they're going to read off this, this moment in Peter's life. And after we hear it, we have to decide, is it a good thing that Peter did? Is that a bad thing that Peter did? Yes, I see that hand, head, shoulders, knees, and cup, two-time champion, Joel Grady. Uh, that's a shark, because sharks are the worst thing I could possibly think of. Joel, that's a good point, but also let me just tell you, like, this, this is the best thing I could find on clip art. Um, <laughs> is this handheld on? By chance? Awesome. All right, Blake. Hey, let me get you to stand over here so we don't go, Eow! All right. All right, Blake, what did Peter do? Peter confesses Jesus is God's son. Guess his name changed to Peter. Ooh, is that a good thing? Bad thing? Good thing. You go stand on that wall. Get out of here. All right, Kate Ford, come on up. What else did Peter do? Peter gets too worked up. Jesus calls him Satan. Ooh. If Jesus calls you Satan, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Bad thing. Get over there, Kate Ford. That wall, that wall, that wall. All right, Harrison, what's up? What did Peter do? Uh, Peter has the faith to get out of the boat and walk on water with Jesus. Ooh, Peter has faith. Is that a good thing? Good thing. Get on over there. All right, KJ, what you got? What did Peter do this time? Peter immediately takes his eyes off Jesus, immediately sinks. Jesus, yep. <laughs> he sinks. All right, head on over. Bad wall, bad wall. All right, Katie, what's up? Hey, also, good job. Yeah. Peter called to be a disciple. Ooh, Peter goes up, be a disciple. Good thing, bad thing. Good thing. Very nice. You got so far 100, just like my spelling test. And it helped me play Wordle now. Where, what, uh, bro, I'm from a bad neighborhood. Don't sneak. And the reason why I have a complex is because of my dad. All right. 
All right. What's Caleb do? Peter Chop saw dude's ear off. Peter cut a guy's ear off. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? There's very few times in life cutting someone's ear off is going to be a good scenario. Zach, what we got? Peter stays with Jesus while many followers leave. All right. Peter stayed while lots of people leave. Good thing. Bad thing. Point, point, point. Good thing. All right. You can join. All right. This is my favorite. Go ahead. Come on up. Denied Jesus, denied Jesus, denied Jesus, cusses that little girl. All right. Peter denied Jesus and then cussed that little girl. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing. All right. You can head that way. No, I just, I, I thought it was really, really clever how I wrote it. It's not my favorite moment in scripture. No. All right. You guys, thank you. You guys can say, take a seat. Awesome. Very nice. All right, so real quick, we, we kind of we hit these like bullet points, these, these moments, these great moments, these poor moments of Peter's life. So let me ask you guys, eyes and ears, eyes and ears real quick. Let me ask you guys, let's say if we were playing this game about your life and somebody knew everything that you ever did and, and we had secret envelopes and you had your friends come up and open them, at, open them up on, on the fly and they said, Mark Renner kicked a puppy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, imagine, imagine that moment, though. If, if we've got to sit up here and we've got to weigh out all of our good versus all of our bad, what, what are we going to do? I know for me personally, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and I'm trying to cover up everything on the bad. I want to cover it up. I'm going to justify, I'm going I'm to try and like blot it out from human history. Has anybody ever told a white lie? All right, yes. Has anybody ever told a secondary white lie to cover up that white lie? Has anybody ever told a tertiary white lie to cover up that white lie to cover? Yes. I, I, could, I could tell you time and time again. But here's the thing, guys. There's these moments in our life that, okay, we might commit something wrong. We might do something bad. And we're trying really hard to cover it up. But in covering up, man, the, the hole gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And we sink more and more and more into quicksand. That, that we have this picture of all the good, all the bad. I want to try and cover it up. Or I hope and pray that all my good outweighs all my bad. But even no matter how big this list over here is, there's still these things over here. And there's still these things that I regret. And there's still these things that embarrass me. And there's still these things that I wish every night I could take back. And it feels like, okay, even if I had three things over here and 3,000 over here, these three weigh more than these 3,000. And we get bogged down with shame. We get bogged down with regret. We get bogged down with all these things. And we see this moment in Peter's life towards the end of Jesus' time here on this earth. We're in John chapter 21 tonight. But as we're turning there, one thing I want to I show is that what we're going to talk about tonight, guys, is, is just how incredible Jesus is. How, how, how amazing Jesus is, and how amazing Jesus is in his dealing with Peter in this moment. Because, guys, again, we talked about Peter committed some really bad things. I mean, genuinely, like, Peter is a guy that I, I really kind of respect in a lot of ways, because he's one of those guys that dives in headfirst to everything he does. He goes 100 the whole way through. He does everything he possibly can to the ninth degree. Pastor Kevin took me climbing yesterday. He took me bouldering yesterday. I don't know if you guys have, have really paid attention 
for the last year in greenhouse, do I really strike you as somebody that's a rock climber? No. Did I strike you yesterday as someone who's a rock climber? Well, all right then. Hey, all you other adult leaders, that's the standard. Pastor Kevin, meet it. (laughs) But... All he said, I, 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 okay. I really respect Peter because I said he, he's this guy that jumps in wholeheartedly. Everything he does is 110%. When he does good, guys, he does good. I, I said, there's this moment that, that one of us talked about that all that Jesus is, is sitting here, he's telling everybody, like, hey, my time is running short. I'm going to die. And, and a lot of his disciples, a lot of his leaders, a lot of these followers left him. And what did Peter do? Peter stayed. Peter stayed and he said, Jesus, where am I going to go? Because you have the words of everlasting life. I believe everything you say. Peter does some really good things. And then on the flip side, here he is chopping people's ears off. Here he is like drowning in the middle of the ocean. Here he is denying Jesus. And you think about this guy, okay, who, is, who claims to be Jesus' best friend. Who, who honestly is, is when, when you talk about like, the disciples, okay, Jesus and Peter have this very special relationship, this very intimate relationship that, that Peter really thinks Jesus is the son of God. Peter is this guy that I love, this guy that, that he says, I will follow you to death. And when push comes to shove for Jesus at the most difficult moment of his life, as he is getting beaten, as he is carrying the cross, Peter, this guy who says, hey, I'll follow you to the day I die, denies him not once, denies him not twice, denies him three times. And what the Bible says is after Peter denied him the three times, there's this moment where Jesus and him lock eyes. They see each other from across the way. Almost in Jesus just sitting here saying, bro, I told you. And man, you talk about a, a, a friendship, you talk about a relationship that is probably forever tainted and forever scarred from that moment. Of, of this moment of Jesus needing his people, and it almost like Peter just kind of turns around and stabs him in the back almost. How do you come back from that? If you're Peter, your guilty conscience has to weigh on you. How do you come back from that? And then here towards the end, okay, we get news. Jesus has resurrected. He died on the cross. He resurrected. He's, he, he's alive again. I always wonder what Peter must have thought in this moment. Because you remember in, P- in Jesus' last days, he's, he's denying people, he's cussing out little girls, he's doing bad things, that now it's like, what's Jesus going to think, right? And, I, and what I want us to see here tonight is when we look at Peter's life, we see all the good, we see all the bad. There's a truth that happens here as we look at Peter's life, as we look at our lives, and that is this. Guys, every single one of us will fail. Every single one of us here will sin. Every single one of us here will do wrong things. The Bible says no one is righteous, no, not one. Paul writes in Romans chapter 7, he says, man, I really want to do good things, but for some reason I keep tripping up and I keep doing bad stuff. That, that guys, as believers, even if we're following Christ, guys, there's going to be times that we're going to trip. There's going to be times we're going to stumble. There's going to be times that we're going to fail. But don't use that as an excuse to say, hey, I can do whatever I want then. There's no point in it. Because there's going to be times that we fail. But what we see in Peter and Jesus in this story in John chapter 21 is we see how good the forgiveness of God is. That despite all the times you fail, there is forgiveness to be had. 
Guys, despite all the times that you mess up, there is forgiveness to be had. And it's good forgiveness, guys. It is great forgiveness. So John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. And it says this, when they had finished breakfast, which I love the fact that my Lord and Savior, the one I've placed my hope and eternity in, is, is a fan of breakfast. I love that. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. And Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said this to him a third time, do you love me? And Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Guys, we just got through talking about this, that Peter messed up, that Peter tripped up, that Peter did all this bad stuff. And you look at that like, okay, there is punishment for our actions. There, there, there is punishment, there is, there is payment for what we do wrong. And in this moment, I mean, you think, again, Jesus, the guy that's carrying his cross, his best friend just stabbed him in the back and denied him, that you think, okay, if anybody has a right to be mad, if anybody has a right to hold a grudge, if anybody has a right to just completely smite somebody off the face of the earth, it's Jesus to Peter right here. And in this moment, what does Jesus do instead? He forgives Peter. Uh, if you've ever experienced forgiveness in your life, man, that, that's, that's awesome. That, that's great. But, but here's what Jesus does is Jesus is talking to Peter. He's not wagging a finger and be like, hey, you remember that time that you did that stupid thing? He's not sitting here ignoring him, giving him the cold shoulder. He's not saying, hey, Peter, remember when you denied me the second time? Was that better or worse than the first? You know, he's not saying all this stuff. What Jesus is saying is, Peter, do you love me? What Jesus is offering, he's offering forgiveness. You, you see that right there that he says not once, not twice, but three times. There's some people that actually believe that this is Jesus giving Peter an opportunity to kind of atone for the three times that he denied Jesus. But what Jesus does here is he doesn't hold the past against Peter. And guys, there are times in our lives that, that, that we will mess up, that we will struggle, but the love and the forgiveness that God offers you is that those past things do not count against you. If you are a child of God, if you have placed your love, your hope, your future, your trust in him, guys, the death that Jesus paid on the cross paid the penalty for all the bad stuff. The new life that Jesus offers through his resurrection is new life that these things don't have to carry on with us. And there's times in our lives, hey guys, eyes on me real quick. There's times in our lives that, that we, yes, we might feel forgiveness, but we still feel weighed down by all this guilt, all this shame. And what Jesus offers is not to be weighed down by guilt and shame. What Jesus offers is freedom and forgiveness. But what's even cooler about this forgiveness that Jesus offers is that he doesn't just forgive Peter, but what he also does is he restores him here as well. Because Jesus says, okay, he, he, this, this, this going back and forth, he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes. And what does Jesus tell him to do then? He says, feed my sheep. He says, tend to my sheep. He says, feed my land. He says, take care of my people. He says, Peter, I called you one day to be the rock. I called you that you're going to be this guy that I'm going to build the church on. You're going to be a mighty person. 
And hey, those bad mistakes in the past do not keep you from doing good things now. I've, I've lived a lot of life, and I've, I've met a lot of people, and I've had this conversation with people before. It's like, hey, there's no way that Jesus could possibly love me because of what I did. Or I've talked to people who say, hey, I can't follow Jesus. I can't serve Jesus. I can't do things because of the mistakes I made in the past. And guys, those are bad excuses because what Jesus does is he forgives you. He doesn't hold those things against you, and he restores you back to himself that you can live, that you can serve, that you can follow him moving forward. Some of us, guys, we have a tendency, and I've experienced in my life that, yes, like I'll have a friend that, that has hurt me, that, that has caused me some pain, that, man, I'll forgive them, but I, I, I still, in the back of my mind, I remember that thing they did. And I might not fully trust them anymore. I might not fully you know, confide in them quite as much. But that's not what Jesus does. What Jesus does is he forgives you, he builds you up, and he says, move forward. He says, go, follow me, serve me, do good things for me. And as you study Peter's life from this moment on, the, in Acts, the guy that, like, okay, the, Jesus ascends, he goes back up to the Father, and the guy that steps forward and says, hey, we are going to change this world for the Lord, is this guy named Peter, is this guy who has done bad things, is this guy who has denied Jesus, is this guy who has caused all this, that he steps forward and he is now in the front, he is now leading the charge of winning souls, of bringing people to know Jesus. And so, guys, I want to say this. Number one, eyes and ears. If you have never experienced forgiveness from Jesus, if you have never experienced a relationship with him, if you have never told him you're sorry, if you have never entered into a relationship with the Lord who loves you, guys, in a little bit, we're going to break up. We're going to go to small groups. I want to encourage you, find somebody, talk to them. If you guys are sitting here and you're saying, hey, even at 12, 13, 14 years old, I've made a lot of bad mistakes that I'm really ashamed of. Hey, if you just need somebody to talk to those things, talk those things out, guys, we would love to talk to you. Small group leaders, friends, we would love to talk those things to you. But y'all, listen to me. At the end of the day, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. At the end of the day, no past mistakes, no past differences, no past trip-ups or anything like that can keep you from following God and serving God moving forward. If you have been redeemed, if you are in a relationship with him, kind of like what, what Jesus says to Peter right here, hey, move forward, feed my sheep. Feed my, like, go out, tell people. Your job from this moment moving forward, if you're in a relationship, a relationship with Jesus, is that you're supposed to tell others who are hurting, others who are guilty, others who are held down by shame, that there is hope, that there is freedom, and there is a future in Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. God, we thank you that, that, that for some unknown reason, despite all the bad things that we've done, God, you still have decided to love us. And you still choose to love us. And you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us. And God, that's an incredible thing to think about. And God, we, we, we repent and we're sorry for the times that we have failed you. We're sorry for the times that we have let you down. God, we're sorry for the, th the times even today, even in the last hour that we have let you down, that we have sinned against you. And God, we ask for forgiveness, but Lord, I, I pray especially for my friends here, God, that you would just lift weights of guilt, lift weights of shame off their shoulders. 
God, that when we go home tonight, that we feel lighter, that we feel freer, that as we go to school tomorrow, that we feel challenged, that we feel on mission, that we feel living, live sent to make disciples. God, that we might be able to see other people know this freedom that, that we can have, Lord. God, I pray for those that have never been in a relationship with you. Lord, tonight would be the night. Let me pray these things in your name. Amen. Awesome. You guys are dismissed to small group.